0: To start off today by talking a little bit about my former job. Um, I lost my job, folks. I'm really but, sorry. Um, Gabe, are you all right? Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. fine. <laughs> okay. um, and my job was actually really fun. Um, I have no uh, ill feelings about it. Um, there was a funny thing, though, that happened that relates to our podcast, which is why I'm going to tell the story, uh, which is that uh, where I worked, um, there was like a digital magazine. We made podcasts, we made digital TV. Uh, and also uh, films. We worked on you know like feature films. Um, so there was like different teams handling those different things, but we all worked together as like a larger team. Uh, and we had like big brainstorms with like all the all those teams in a room together. And what happened in those sort of brainstorm meetings was that the subject would always go to television and the TV and movie people were so well versed in every TV show and every movie and even every play that was happening. and there are so many and it felt like we all had to like really act like we knew what was going on and so like i don't have a very specific thing here but there were um you know if we talk about like getting beyond faking it like i did not in those meetings Mm -hmm. there was a lot of nodding my head to shows that i'd barely heard of um and i don't know how much was going on with the rest of the people but like it felt
1: bad. It felt bad. Why did it feel, why did that feel bad? You well, knew, uh, wait, it, it, at some level you must have known that that's what you were expected to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, did the, now you sort of have said that there's this split in this group of people yep. between the sort of people who know what's up with TV and movies and, and, and theater and you, yep. with this other group. Was that a generally understood division in the room?
0: Well, I mean, I did audience engagement. So, like, in some ways, I should have known, yes, about, like, all the TV shows happening everywhere because I was trying to promote ours in this environment. Mm -hmm. I should have known maybe more than the people doing the creative work because they were just trying to find cool stuff. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. Um, And, in fact... um, I have a hard time with TV shows. I start a lot of TV shows and then get like one or two episodes in and I'm like, oh, this is like trash and I don't want to spend 20 hours watching this.
1: That's the proper response.
0: Yeah, I think so. But also like that's not in when you're in the biz Uh huh. Um, and wait, I, you're in the biz. Well, I was. I don't want to make it sound like I'm no longer in that biz because I did not watch these TV shows. You did get fired, though. I, no, I mean, laid off. It's not the same. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, right. there was no I, the cause was not given. Let's say uh-huh um anyways um gabe, I, I do love tv i just love good tv yeah i want to watch the best mm-hmm.
1: tv well good news for you gabe what's that because here we're here to talk about one of the best tv shows of all time gabe best of all time with one of the best tv makers <laughs> of all time i'm
0: so excited this is what a great Wait, opportunity gabe
1: why are we here
0: Well, we're here to talk to Elena. We're here to talk to Elena, but what are we doing? Well, this is faking it.
1: Yeah!
0: A show where we check our cultural blind spots, make up for past wrongs, and come to terms with the shameful lies we've told.
1: Oh, God, that's what I wanted. I felt like I was holding in a sneeze that whole time.
0: Well, (laughs) relax now. (laughs) It's
1: all out there. Okay, so we're sitting here with Elena Smith. Hi, Elena. Hi.
2: So honored and excited to be
1: here. Welcome. Thank you. Elena, tell us who you are.
2: So, I am a television writer in a world that television may or may not exist in anymore. I am making a television show for a computer company that will be putting it on your phones, whether you like it or not. I, I
0: like <laughs> how which you company. Talk to can me? you say? Yeah. I think you can say which one.
2: It's called Apple. Uh-huh. It's the world's biggest tech company, uh-huh. and it's decided to take some of its massive gobs of cash and toss a little bit of it into a dalliance with the entertainment industry. So
1: what else might I have heard of Apple from?
2: Apple um, was started by a guy named Steve... Newsroom, (laughs) 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 who who was in his garage and he innovated something. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, men come up with great stuff. Well, all
1: right, faking it, listeners. (laughs) You heard it here first. Apple, keep your eye out on this one. Let's fast forward to, to.
0: Let's fast forward to
1: today. Now, what's happening with Apple?
2: I mean to be. Totally honest, it's really interesting because basically the whole reason Apple is making TV is because Apple is going through a giant shift as a company from their hardware products that have been so consistently delightful to all of us into services um, and trying to get on the map with things like Apple Music and um, Apple Arcade, which is for video games, and Apple Mm -hmm. Credit Card, and now Apple TV, which has been the very cloaked-in-secrecy, not-yet-unveiled project. But you can
1: tell us what you're doing for them.
2: I'm making a show about Emily Dickinson. (gasps) And um, it's it's really funny because I don't think that anyone at Apple even expected that this would be the first show (laughs) that they would be putting out into the world. But it's (laughs) counterintuitive. Well, to be more specific,
0: you've already made a show about Emily Dickinson.
2: Okay. I have worked... Um, we I can have, bleep too. I have, yeah. I have worked for seven years on this television show about Emily Dickinson. I have already made an entire season one, which will soon be beamed into your brains. I have also written an entire season two, which is now. You're working on it now,
0: yeah? Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Oh, oh God fine. damn it. Shit, why are we following If
2: it's out afterwards, it's fine. Okay. You, you said there would be an incredibly long time we
1: okay so either we're cutting that out or we've broken news or we got elena fired. you're not allowed that. to break
2: news okay so, uh cool 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 did not practice for this and i'm drunk this is very good rip, rip,
0: run great content.
2: um i literally got like media training the other day so that's <laughs> they're not, just like that's, do yeah. not
1: go on the podcast yeah. for the love of god
2: <laughs> this like, is rule don't one. go on your friend's yeah. podcast elena so, so. Are you paying
3: attention?
0: <laughs> Sorry. So to rewind, um, you, you made a whole season. <laughs> okay. And so basically, it's, it's coming out. It's either out now, listener, or it will be out momentarily.
2: Yeah, and um, and it's my passion project, as mm-hmm. they say in the biz, mm-hmm. and I've thrown my whole life into it, and it's very thrilling. And the reality is that, you know, this show could have come out on any number of networks or streaming platforms or what have you. And it probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the sort of marketing push that it's going to get by virtue of the fact that it is part of the launch of the biggest tech company's first foray into streaming television and movie content.
0: Yeah, and in some ways we're like entering a new phase of like TV as we know it for sure. Like mm-hmm. this and fall, I, really, like it's happening.
2: That's right. Yeah, I think you know the streaming wars. Um, I'm 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 a soldier in the streaming wars. And Why are they
0: wars? Why can't we all just appreciate this? You
2: know, I think Apple would agree with you yeah, because actually think- part of what Apple is doing is sort of. Wanting to create a home for like all of this content in a way,
1: Uh, so they would like to create a world, uh, sort of global government where all (laughs) all content can be housed equally, uh, you know, under the benevolent auspices of. uh, I feel like I read a novel about this, and
0: I didn't finish it, but I think it turned out fine. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh wait, so did you lie about (laughs) finishing (laughs) it? (laughs) Um, No, but I mean, I think that like you know you. I listened to all of season one of faking it. And I think you addressed very beautifully the sort of state that we're in where no one can possibly keep up with all the TV that there is. Um, And it used to be a world where there were certain shows that everybody watched, but you know, game of Thrones ended and now we're out of that world. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's such a ludicrous amount of content now that you know, in in a way, it's almost become a bit passe to even make that observation. Like we right. all know, we're just like inundated with it. You know.
0: Well, like Emily Nussbaum wrote the big article about this, what like three, four years ago yeah. now, where yeah. she was like, this this many this many hundreds of hours of TV came out this year. I could only watch so many of yeah. them. right. I'm your TV critic. Like this is all. Well, I yeah, can do. you know,
1: it's funny, and I, and I'm not trying to say that this, um, that these sorts of facts and this sort of proliferation isn't, um. Relevant, but this is also the sort of thing that music critics have dealt with for a long time, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that or Robert, book critics or book critics, right? Yeah. I mean, this is something that Robert Christgau pointed to years and years and years ago, where he's like, "There's more music, there's more minutes of music released in a year than there are minutes in a year, so you can't. It's literally impossible. That's right. Uh, to to uh, to have any kind of comprehensive knowledge of anything.
2: But the reason why it used to be <coughs> the case that that wasn't true for tv is that the 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 like bar to entry was so high economically Mm -hmm. a and distribution wise b you know there were specific broadcast channels that controlled all of the distribution and 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 so now that all of those walls have come tumbling down and these essentially tech companies have come into the market flooding with their cash um we're in a bubble, you yeah. know, and, and obviously it's a bubble and 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 we're and, and I'm sort of catching the wave in that bubble, you mm-hmm. know, but there's this wave isn't going to ever come around again. Like, and we don't know how it's going to look when it all shakes out. Right. Um, and I think that right now it's it's funny money. Like it's 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 people you know, Netflix is entirely financed by debt, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's, and the, and the bottom could fall out at any minute. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. So it's sort of, but, but it's also really weird because it's sort of like the recreation of a new studio system in Hollywood because everybody is creating these vertically integrated like silos of IP and content. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, pretty soon you're just going to be working in one of those silos, you know? Um,
3: Well,
0: so we're going to get to like, um, I think kind of like your, one one of your, we'll we'll sort of start out with a story about like how you faked it and how that's like sort of played out through your career in TV. But I want to ask kind of like as an entryway, like you're, I mean, you're making the show. So it's not like, you're not going to the meeting that I went to where it's like, what are all the things in the world? And like, what, what have we watched all week? Like, you're actually, the work that you're doing is to make the show, and that's, like, a real full-time, more than full-time job. But how much expectation do you find, or how much, like, sort of chatter is there, be it in, like, high-level meetings or just day-to-day about, like, the latest show that came out and sort of how people feel about it and and sort of just being, acting out that you're part of this world by having those conversations, like, water-cooler conversations, when... No one can watch all these shows. That's right. Like, is it... I think it's Are like, there certain things that people, like, gravitate to, like, that we... Like, Barry, you know, like, mm-hmm. has... Have, have Can you assume that most people that you work with have seen Barry?
2: Definitely not. No. You can't assume that everyone has seen anything anymore. Yeah. You know, but I think that what is going on... But But if... I think that there's an... Um, an expectation that you know what Barry is, right yeah and that you know what that cultural space is around Barry. Mm-hmm. So it's like everything is happening at warp speed. Yeah. The other thing is that in the time that I've been making this show, I also had two babies because they are twins at the same time so I had two babies at once and no that less has actually, no less significant that has Perfect. actually been quite a wonderful people we
1: have got to get a hold on this work life balance women are having two babies at once <laughs>
2: women are having two babies at once and making TV shows at the same time and so moving epi- back and forth so we'll the have country. a second part
1: of this episode
0: where it's about what it's like to have it all yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. But, but, but like, right. So, part of having it all is that you just don't watch any TV. And it's right. actually so nice because I just say, I have two babies. And mm-hmm. everybody just shuts up. Like, I don't watch anything. Well, right. your
0: job is also not to aggregate all the TV in the world right. into yeah. and then funnel and it yet,
2: into a show. And yet, like, being you know the the player the player in the game that i am i'm 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 naturally absorbing but it's not any different from you guys like i'm just on twitter reading about all the stuff so i knew about russian doll i haven't seen russian doll Mm -hmm. but i knew about it you know and i and i probably know in a way like because i know so many people you know like i so i know all the people in the different jobs and in the Mm -hmm. different shows and and you kind of have a track of what's what and um And you know which shows are piercing through the conversation. Mm. And you also know how sad it is to be part of something that people have poured their lives into that just gets dumped on the content heap, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's become a thing, too, where it's like, do you want to work with that network? Are they going to put enough energy into promoting you? Like, what's...
1: So, like, all of that... um, Like, all of the heat that shows pick up, say, on, like, Twitter... Right. That's something that has actual cachet with people who make those kinds of decisions. Cause that seems like such a small sample size of people.
2: Uh, I don't know about people who make the decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think awards matter. Yeah. And I do think that like Twitter buzz can lead to awards buzz. Right. Um, and so that's just like, because it's literally just an externalized way of creating value, you know, and Mm -hmm. we have so few of those. Um, People, you know, it's word of mouth. It's yeah. like, oh, that thing's good. So, but it's, it's. Inter- I was just thinking about how I often will just assume that I know what a thing is based on what I've heard about it. This is the Gabe
1: Boylan model of knowing about things. It's not right.
0: just me. It's not. I don't want. I don't want to claim. No, we've already like called it as, the Boylan. Model. I don't want to
1: think it's like my
0: thing. Like, <laughs> but and a lot of times I'm this. right
2: because mm-hmm. I will see the thing and I'll go, yeah, that's exactly what I thought it was, and I didn't need to waste my time. But. This past weekend I watched the movie 8th Grade which I had not seen but oh, I had I've been heard oh, that, yeah. I'd heard it's so good it's so good and I said whatever I'm just, okay fine I get it it's about 8th grade whatever and I watched it and I was like this is incredible and mm. it went way beyond what I thought it was so mm. it's really special when something can actually yeah surprise you because you know I mean it's, it's yes it's exhausting it's just like yeah. we're just being beaten by marketing for so many things That is
1: the thing is that sometimes I will put on a show or a movie or something. And I I find that this is especially with Netflix and I'll get a half hour into it or something. And then I'll just feel like a sucker. Cause I'll be like, this clearly isn't good. It was clearly like focus grouped or market tested. It just seems like it exists at the intersection of like X, Y, and Z quadrant. And that's why they made it. And that's why they made the casting decisions. And there's something extremely hollow about it. And then here I am adding my click to it. And worse than that, like at, you know, taking minutes out of my own life to watch it when I feel like all this is about is moving around certain amounts of money. And I'm sort of negligible Well, in the and process. you guys
2: are both literature people in some way. Yeah. Uh, more, more Mark, maybe presently, but <laughs> I think of you as a literature person. And like, how do you balance the sort of like, do you feel guilty when you're watching TV and think you could be reading a book? Not anymore. Hmm
1: but that's because of the peculiarities of my I mean like you know cuz you I'm, have
2: so much reading to do for your job.
1: No, not really. I oh. don't really don't have that much reading to do for my job, especially because like I abandoned the idea of like getting a tenure track position. Hmm. So I abandoned the thing where it's like must keep up all the time on all boring monographs. Um I find myself watching TV and I find some TV to be as rewarding as certain books, although I have to say that like on the whole, a more a rewarding book tends to be more rewarding than a rewarding TV show. But that's just for me. Like right now, I'm like, you know, knee deep in reading all of Ishiguro and I mm. couldn't be happier. Mm. And it's amazing yes. in a way that just TV isn't for me. But that's just how I'm wired, I think. And other people are wired differently.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also think that TV is a communal experience, Mm -hmm. ultimately, especially especially now. It wasn't before, necessarily. But now that we have the internet as this reaction space in real time, there are communities that form around shows. Yeah, And and so I think that's not... A book is all about the absorption of your solitude in the brain of the person who wrote the book or something like that. Yes,
1: I was actually thinking about this the other day when I had been particularly sucked in to whichever book I was reading is that there is this sort of like inverse relationship between television viewing and, and, um, TV viewing as, you know, sort of, there's an inverse experiential relationship where books are all about sort of like evacuating yourself and, um, putting yourself in the hands of something else entirely where there's something about television that's about being kind of invaded, um, by mm. something else. Um, where there's a certain kind of pleasure that comes in in being hollowed out by literature. And then there's another certain pleasure that comes with being invaded. If you're, if you like the invader. Um, And so it has to do with like, you have to go to the special room to watch the special box in order to do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they're just totally different aesthetic experiences. Um, And one allows you to get outside of yourself a lot better than the other one does. Mm -hmm. And that just, probably has to do with some weird cognitive science shit that I don't understand.
0: I mean, I think the the other interesting thing to me is the push pull of it, like of TV is that like there used to be like the water cooler moment, right? Like everybody watched friends or everybody watched Hill street blues or everybody watched all in the family. Um, Or enough people did that when you went to the office, you could talk about it. Now you watch a show and you get obsessed with it and you can find your community and it might be on Twitter with your, you know, your, your sort of sphere, or it might be on, Reddit or whatever forum you want to be on, but you'll find it, but it won't be the same kind of thing because there's just so many of these sub sub groups.
2: Well, it's like I've been making fun of so the guy who's the first AD on my show, uh-huh. he has watched all of Yellowstone.
1: What is that I don't exactly? Know what that is. is that a it dra- is, is, is literally a, drama? a
2: show with Kevin Costner what on something called the Paramount Network. All right. Okay? And I like to laugh at Randall because I think he's one of eight people that are like the Yellowstone heads. But can we
1: also just like pause and say, Kevin Costner used to be the biggest movie star Precisely.
2: in the world. Precisely.
1: Like well, ins- the
0: McCoys thing was kind of a big And deal this is for- a big
2: budget right? thing. He like, was in that, This right? is horses and guys in a freaking ranch. Just, it's that, like, yeah. it's a big budget thing. And it's like it's like, it's got other really good actors in it too. I can't remember who right now, but like... Yeah.
1: What's it about?
2: It's about a ranch. Uh,
3: for in, one
1: <laughs> second, I like got my wires crossed and thought you said Jellystone, and I was like, Dark Yogi. Like I'm, I'm ready for the Riverdale cost, treatment. costume yeah, uh, as yeah, yeah, Yogi Bear. Yeah, yeah. Good. someone's been, <laughs> someone's been eviscerating do, campers at Jellystone. Do, yeah, you could do the voice. <laughs> hey, it
0: would be nice. But um.
2: you know, I guess it's it, it it is it is the the sort of dissipation of that monoculture that we're all experiencing so rapidly and ultimately as a woman who is you know tries not to be heteronormative it I have to cheer it on because it's only created more space for voices that aren't white men you mm-hmm. know yeah. and it's it's like I never, I was a playwright. I didn't need everyone in the world to be watching my, my stuff, you know, like I was happy if 30 people that understood me were there watching my stuff. And I've always had that feeling. So, you know, it's still like making this show is a just like a exponentially bigger platform than I ever expected to have. And yeah. um, it feels huge to me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. Uh,
1: I mean, <clears throat> it's objectively large. It's big. It is the biggest platform anyone can have at this point, like unless you're Joe Rogan or something. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the other thing.
2: I actually don't watch TV shows anymore. I only listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. And that's just me. Mm. Is this? The and new- I also don't read books I don't read books I don't watch TV I just
1: now I'm getting it. a little bit worried about you <laughs> no, I don't, I did, I don't I read the read- news uh, 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 read books or,
3: don't or go, watch <laughs> don't go near the news because you know where I'm going oh go. that's true that's <laughs> true so we
2: gotta- what, I, what I
0: do think is interesting and this comes from my uh, another hat that I've worn where I worked at a cable uh, TV channel yes is like you know being when I was at that job uh, I worked for AMC Networks Um, And they have several networks which have, you know, had or have some of the biggest shows ever. Um, But they've also had some of the like the biggest like critical darlings like Mad Men.
3: Mm-hmm. and down. then the
0: whole thing is like once you start looking into and this is ancient history now but like the numbers are all over the place for these shows the critical darlings get nobody watches it but it's on Twitter it's like what we were talking about before well that
1: was what the, that was what people said about Mad Men all the time right. almost no one watched it, yeah, it but they still got all the big ads it and, and barely all limped stuff.
0: along well it was like the, you know The Wire like yeah. The Wire was able to like finish because basically people revolted when they said they were going to cancel it and they like you know, I don't know if that was really what did it, but it was like they didn't get the ratings that HBO wanted. Yeah. And what I think will be fascinating to see and there's no I have no, you know, intelligence about how this will pan out is like how this bubble will sh- will shake out in terms of numbers be- and whether numbers matter anymore mm-hmm. or whether it's just buzz. Like, that's the thing It's like if you make a cool object. Does it matter if a million people buy it or the right people buy
2: it? Well, like- well, what we're... So, so I mean, what we're looking at is, like, can can television be demonetized the way that the music industry was or journalism was mm-hmm. through um, tech, you know? Yeah. Like, through social media, through the internet, basically. And, like, it's really interesting because part of why it's taken so so long for it to happen. And in some ways, I think what's stopping it from fully happening is that it is a, it is a union job to Mm -hmm. make, Mm -hmm. to make film, to make film. Mm -hmm. And by film, I mean anything that's on screen.
0: Moving pictures. Right. And,
2: and, and it is so expensive Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I've been listening to a podcast where somebody who doesn't know anything about what he's talking about, likes to go on about like, I wonder if the robots can just take over movies and can't everything, can't actors just be CGI and Ugh. can't it all just be produced digitally and be cheap and be made for cheap? And why do movies have to be so expensive? And it's like, you've obviously never been on a set. You have no clue that like, the, because, it's, because it's so easy to watch a show Mm-hmm. it's not easy to make a show. right? You and, know, uh, but well, b- beyond
1: that, just, it's me... like as someone who also has never been on a set and also knows nothing about the actual process of making a TV show or a mm-hmm. movie, good God, who would want to watch that? That sounds
2: awful. Well, he he's mm-hmm. not even necessarily saying it. But, that, but no, but that's part of it. It's like, right, like what's this content? People always act like, and, and there's certain networks that seem to be following this now where they're just sort of flooding everything with content that they're not putting that much thought into, yeah. you know? And I, I, I do think it's like, yeah, there's content everywhere. That's the thing. <laughs> like we're, it's, it's like, if you
1: think about it, kind of like the entire world is content. It's, so, you know, hold on, hold
2: on. um, you <laughs> I mean, I could just stare at I gotta go the consume
0: yeah. Yeah. the world now. Um, See you guys later. Right.
2: So they're right. So we use this word content undifferentiated but not all content is created equal and yeah. what makes some content rise above other content a lot of it has to do with care mm-hmm. and like urgency and a reason for its existence mm-hmm. and all these sort of on un- yeah i mean unfortunately that's it's like part of how artists get exploited though is that we care and so we'll will take the short end of the stick well, if we get to do the thing that we care about. I, I think that
1: some of the... We'll have
2: our labor be exploited.
1: I think that there's... As someone, again, who doesn't do any of this stuff, the thing that I find most insidious about that kind of thinking of the dumb podcast guy you described is not even necessarily that he's someone that, you know, wants to see a world in which there are no live actors and would forego the pleasure of seeing a great performer like put in a great performance. It's that there's a kind of, you know, there's a kind of supply side thinking that goes on that has become part of the sort of in the know common sense where smart people are people who think about the way in which we can create, you know, more easily iterable, uh, more cost effective, you know, Uh, shows that are better distributed, et cetera, et cetera. And they think from the perspective of the managers and they think from the perspective of the money people. And that's what the smart and in the know people do. And that's what you should be doing if you're a smart and in the know person is thinking about the future of the industry, capital letters, right? And that is such a poisonous way to think about how all of this stuff is made. And it's such a poisonous way to think about what it means to actually, you know, think with some degree of rigor and intelligence about, these matters and that is the thing that to me is so disheartening is that like that would be something that people were concerned with you should be someone who's engaged with the art right you should be so and i know this sounds like ridiculously naive but i guess that just drives my point home right is is that like why are you thinking from the point of view of people who could not give a fuck about you or your experience at all except insofar as it allows them to monetize
0: well and i i think that you know something that i've Um, when I was in TV, the biggest TV show that we, we constantly like wondered at was NCIS. It's like the number one show. I wonder what it's about at all. (laughs) But like, but like, listen, like it's a formulaic show, but like there are real people writing those scripts and acting in that show. And I've seen a couple episodes and it's not total garbage. It's not produced by a computer. Like, people are connecting with it for whatever reason, but it's, like, it's a a thing that someone made. Yeah. You know? And so it's not just about, oh, well, NCIS is formulaic. So, like, sure, all of TV was formulaic for a really long time, mostly. But, like, people respond to NCIS in large numbers. They respond to Russian Doll in smaller numbers. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's artistry behind both of those things. It's not – even Avatar, which I never saw, and I think it's garbage – <laughs> um <laughs> is like, there's a story there. There's like, somebody wrote that and there's like, you know, people feel emotional about Please, it. Please, like, Avatar
2: you know. is fully original IP. Dude, and I, I, have I, to, I have to say- I sit you. every day waiting for the Avatar sequels to come out <laughs> and James Cameron is my
1: hero. I saw that shit in the theaters and it is the dumbest thing I've ever seen <laughs> and if they re-release it in the theaters, I am going to see Hell it again. Oh yes. I rewatched it in a hotel room not too long ago. It does not quite have the same effect. Listen, on no screen. one
2: can accuse James Cameron of lacking- passion okay no, yeah, this no, man no, cares about what he is doing he
1: sunk the yeah. titanic for he, his dream he yes cares. <laughs> he cares a lot it's yes true.
2: and i'm i i i i'm just so baffled by what is going on because as far as i can tell he's been like locked away in an island for yeah. years making yeah. four avatar sequels yeah. and i'm like why don't you just release one let's start with one
1: because if you release one <laughs> and it bombs they can stop you from making oh, three shit. and four. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> oh my
2: god uh, um,
1: well, so uh, this sort of brings us sort of sort of brings us around
3: because
0: I do want to talk like the 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 sort of like your sort of primal scene story uh, revolves around the golden age of television, which is now still happening, but does have like an antecedent, which is like basically right. the late nineties and early two thousands, right? And people, you know, haven't gotten over it. Um, anyway, what, what I'm, what I'm sort of, you know, baiting you for, but also like want you to talk about is like in the world of making TV, are there kind of these urtexts texts that people refer to? Um, and I know you have one, but I want to know like maybe before you talk about that one, talk about other ones, like the, like things that come up all the time.
2: Right. Okay. For sure. Breaking bad, which we could have done a podcast on that because I, Except I wasn't ever faking it. I just actively chose to watch only the final eight episodes of Breaking Bad and was. Ridiculed and reviled and like excommunicated from my, from my, how was your home. experience? It is sort so. of a perverse Listen, experiment. It was fine. <laughs> I enjoyed the eight episodes. No, 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 but you didn't get the perfect. richness. No, of it's perfect. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's like, what I, I advocate wanted for this. It, it's like Breaking Bad. We all know the story. It wasn't that popular at first, it took a long time to catch on. People got into it. Then it was a thing. By the time it was on the finale, there were giant numbers of people yeah. tuning yeah, yeah. in. It was like a party, and everyone wanted to watch. And I said said to everyone around me, I said, I'm jumping on now. I'm just going to watch the eight episodes. I scanned the Wikipedia. I caught up. I knew about Walter White. Okay. I knew. Whatever. My husband, livid. He had watched all of it. He couldn't believe it. He was so offended. It doesn't matter.
0: He put in the work, he felt like.
2: That's sure.
0: But for you, this was the optimal experience.
2: And I had fun. And I would go into any meeting because here we are now we're in the biz okay but i would go into any meeting and i would say Vince Gilligan i have such respect for him because he ended that show on <laughs> his terms <laughs> okay wow. and i yeah. also
1: ended it on mine <laughs> i started it yeah. and ended it
2: on mine <laughs> that's beautiful yeah. no yeah. it was fine it was fine so that so that was actually a thing where i was thinking about when i was thinking about like coming on the show and i was like not to you know, to my own horn, but I do tend to be pretty honest and I haven't, I haven't faked it that much. Like I usually no. will say I haven't seen this thing, but this, this one thing did pop out to me pretty much immediately where I was like, no, I've, I've faked it around that. And that is of course the Sopranos mm. gasp. So the truth is I've definitely at least seen an episode of the Sopranos one at least. Yeah. But that's it, and like it was at like a party. No, that someone on a DVD was... at my parents' house. Okay, because mm-hmm. my parents had the first season of The Sopranos on DVD, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Let me check this out. Yep. This is important." And I watched it, but I mean, God knows what year that was—two thousand three. I, I literally don't even know because also okay. I didn't do a single bit of research before Good. coming in Good. here tonight. So I have not brushed up on anything. I know nothing. Okay, but all I will say is that when you have quote unquote serious conversations about TV which I've had countless because I am in fact a showrunner who has worked my way up through the like Byzantine system of general meetings and faking it till you make it and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff, you know, um, it's like, it all starts with the Sopranos. Can I, can can I, the world of prestige TV starts with the Sopranos.
1: Can I I impose a sidebar real quick? Yeah. Mm. What's a general meeting?
2: Oh, thank you for asking. Because so, I
1: hear this term thrown around by people in the biz. Like, I'm supposed to know what that shit is. Okay,
2: so L.A. is a meetings-based culture. And when oh, um, <laughs> when you're in L.A., you have meetings. And if you have an agent, your agent sets your meetings for you. And um, you go to a place. It could be a coffee shop. It could be a production company office, a studio office, a network office you go you find your way maybe if it is on a studio lot you ha- get really lost because you're driving and you're on the paramount lot and it's like really weird and you're having to you f- have you know figure out where the parking is and wind your way through these odd little streets that are called like clark gable ave and like people are like turn right at you know like elvis presley drive and it's like so weird in old hollywood and And then you walk into the place, you're like, hi, I'm here for a meeting with blah, blah, blah. And then um, the assistant offers you a water.
3: Mm. So you
2: always get a water bottle. Nice. Mm. You always get a water bottle. And um, then you sit down and you have a meeting. And if you are a lower level person... Mm-hmm. you're meeting with a lower level person mm-hmm. and 99% of these meetings are literally pointless. Mm-hmm. Like there's just no point, but it's kind of how you fill your day, you know, and it's like, it's sunny out. They're not going to tell
0: their superior that they should meet with you. or It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. If it's,
2: it's irrelevant. Okay. Like,
3: right.
2: and you chat, but a lot of what you chat about is what are your favorite shows? Oh. That's number one question. Right. Because how do you place someone in this world?
0: Right. Gabe, what are your
2: favorite shows?
0: Are you cool? Do you get it?
2: Not are you cool? Do you get it? But where do I put you? Because it's like if you tell me your favorite shows are The Mindy Project and The New Girl, then I know that like you're a broadcast comedy gal, Mm -hmm. you know? But like if you tell me your favorite shows are, you know, freaking Bloodline. Mm Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it, but like yeah, you know, I don't know
1: where you place that
0: person. I, like, well, you're Something like about a it's, boat? Know. Yeah. it's a drama. It's a drama
2: person, a you know. Show? I think that they're, they and, kill someone with. But a so obviously, the shows that always would get mentioned <laughs> is Breaking Bad, Mad Men, The Sopranos, The Wire. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, you can come up with like I guess let me think about what my answer when people ask me. I always say Mad Men because Mad Men actually is my favorite show. Mm. So I always say Mad Men and um uh, I don't, and I and I don't know if I, I don't know what, I don't know what else I say, but I, I say Mad Men. But, um, so, but like, if in any of those contexts or any context of any conversation in the industry, because it doesn't have to be in a meeting, it could be me on set with my DP, who's like, remember that moment from The Sopranos, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's just easier. Right. Mm-hmm. And because essentially, yeah. Like I can. So maybe it would be helpful. Like I could just say what The Sopranos is to me. Like, Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you got James Gandolfini. He's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, so far, this is checking out. He plays Tony Soprano. Does. And what's so special about this show is that you're seeing like the intimate life of the mob guy. It's not just all the violence. It's his personal life. Mm-hmm. And he's in therapy mm-hmm. with Edie Falco. So you're getting these great intimate. No. Mm. Lorraine
0: no. Bracco. Lorraine Bracco.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Edie Falco is his wife. Correct. I do that. No.
2: So Edie Falco is Carmela. Yeah. Good. Soprano. Good. <laughs> they have a daughter named Meadow. They do. Okay. Uh, Lorraine Bracco. Okay, it's coming into focus. I've definitely seen at least one episode.
0: Dr. Melfi.
2: So he's in therapy and he's talking about all the stress of being a mob guy. And then, like, it's very cinematic and it's very thoughtful and um, it's very daring. And, of course, it's HBO, so, of course, it's going to be violent. Of course, you're going to see tits, I assume. Oh, yeah. You know? And um, you've got just the most wonderful group of character actors playing all these mob guys. And um, and then
1: also little Stevie Van Zandt.
2: Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. The E Street Band.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then I know... Okay, so I know that <sighs> The Sopranos has an incredible first season. And that David Chase... Um, knew what the first season was going to be and it was all about his mom and it was all about Tony's mom but he never Mm -hmm. planned beyond that Mm -hmm. okay I have no idea how many seasons there are but I think there's like five or six and I know that at the end yeah I think there's seven okay I just rewatched it and I I know that at the end there's a very dramatic ending that's ambiguous in some way and there's some kind of black, like fade to black. Just goes and black. And you yeah. don't know if he died or not.
3: You yeah. got it. Yeah, that's that's got the everything. yeah, that's the beginning. Yeah. Wait, all right. So. Okay.
2: And I was alive in the Bush era. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's when the show was on, and everybody said, "Oh my God, it's an antihero."
3: Mm-hmm. Oh my
2: mm-hmm. God, America is looking at its dark side. Mm-hmm. That's the definition of prestige.
3: Mm-hmm. All
2: right, and then out of that you got Don Draper, you got Walter White, bad men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's all I know. But you know. so where do you think? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: where that that was all that was all fairly accurate. We pointed out anything that was inaccurate. Well, there,
1: there's also another there's another child in the family doesn't uh, that, but
2: it doesn't he, he yeah. he's a son but he doesn't have as good of a name as Meadow
0: and he's mostly just annoying
1: uh you know I, well Wait, whatever is, we're not gonna this argue this is, meadow
0: in a played, sopranos podcast. is
2: Meadow played by Lacey Shab- Shabert I don't know of no. Party of Five no. <laughs> or I mean okay never mind. No. Okay, I don't think so <laughs> no just, uh, no cause she she's starts not. as like a yeah, 18 year old like a or
0: a 17 yeah. year old okay. Uh, it stars the woman who was on the episode of Black Mirror in this the Star Trek episode Anybody saw that? That's not helpful. Okay, guys, not Black Mirror fans. Okay, wait,
2: Kristen Miliotti?
0: Yeah, that's her. It's Is that her name? Darts?
2: She, Chris? She's in The Sopranos.
0: If it's the yeah, the 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 woman in the Star Trek episode. Yeah, yeah, that's her.
2: Wow. She's Meadow. I've worked with her before. Oh really? Yeah, she's an amazing. Actor.
0: Well, now you have another thing to add okay. to your knowledge of The Sopranos. I just found out about this great show so, you wait, were on. so Wait, so wait, so wait. Where did you glean all of this information? Do you think?
2: Right. So I think that important backstory about me is I'm a playwright. And when I came out of my playwright graduate program in the year 2006, I believe the Sopranos was still on, or it had perhaps just ended. still on. It was It was still the case that everybody in New York theater told themselves, TV is dumb and bad, and if you go from theater to TV, you're selling out, mm-hmm. except The Sopranos, uh-huh. right? So The Sopranos was the first sort of, like, glimpse of, like, but it could be important, right, you know? Right, mm-hmm. And um, I never had an HBO subscription growing up. My parents never had HBO. Mm-hmm. And I also then never had TV as an adult. You know?
0: So you had no preconceived HBO notions?
2: Well, no. I mean, I, I, I coveted HBO. I knew mm. it was a luxury brand. Yeah. Um, and I also watched all of Sex in the City, which is sort of like a separate thing. I mean, I watched it on... On DVD, okay. I watched Sex in the City on Netflix DVDs mm, in mm-hmm. grad school, so this was mm-hmm. when Netflix was still in the business of mailing you DVDs. Right, a great time. And when that so my fun. my favorite Onion headline ever, which is "Unwatched Netflix DVDs stares at area man with single unblinking eye." <laughs> right, and and I got all. I watched Sex in the City start to finish and like started dressing crazy inspired <laughs> by SJP yeah, but um but no i never watched the sopranos and then like my parents did have this one dvd set of like season 1 so one time when i was at my parents house i just like put it on and tried mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah I watched all of The Wire. Like, you know, I've done, I've done some stuff. You don't have to make excuses
1: no, here. Don't do that. Elena, this is not where we do that. No, this is not what, this, not what is this is for. About. No, not at all.
0: Um, so, and so, then- so
2: like coming into TV from playwriting, you know, you you obviously are like part of your brand is that you're smart, right? Because yeah. you're a playwright and mm-hmm. like you're fancy. And so obviously you've watched The Sopranos of all things. You know, and you
0: can mm-hmm. just, yeah, just, you know, just yeah.
2: You're like just literate. You're like TV literate. Yeah. Right. yeah,
0: yeah, But so that's how it, that's how it come up in these like meetings, either meaningless or meaningful. People would bring it up just to sort but of listen. Shoot not the- even
2: just meetings, just general life context. When you, I mean, it could be even just with friends who don't work in Hollywood, but especially in Hollywood when people do talk about TV all the time and movies all the time, and as you were saying from your work, like, you know, y- people just bring stuff up and you're expected to see it. But, like, yeah. The Sopranos is one of those things that, like, if you say, I-, I actually haven't seen The Sopranos, people go, what? Oh, my God. Block out your weekend and just watch it. Like, weekend? Oh, God. <laughs>
0: also, it's, like, a whole week.
2: Like, yeah. you really <laughs> need many, many hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, There's
1: more than 48 episodes of that show.
2: And I do think it's so sort of c- caught up with the idea of like important men and it's like, it's an important male thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
2: And it's about this man and how broken he is. And I guess maybe that's part of why I never got into it is because I just didn't care. Like I watched sex in the city because I actually could relate Yeah. to Carrie because I was a yeah. female writer.
1: Yeah. You know, as uh, you know, I I said earlier I recently rewatched all of The Sopranos mostly just because of the kind of like content burnout that that we were just sort of talking about and I watched it I mean probably I guess like ten years ago I mean I didn't watch it as it was airing I probably I was probably caught up by the time the final episode aired but on rewatching it I was pretty shocked by how how um incisive and focused um and kind of vicious of a critique it is of what we would now call toxic masculinity it's just unmistakable to me now where it's like tony is not attractive at all in any way there's nothing appealing about that character like he's ugliness personified and uh i think that my memory of the show was that he was a bit more glamorous than he actually is. And I was really, really, really surprised about how a lot of those episodes where the most horrible shit is happening to women, how you cannot miss that the show is like, and this is bad and it's bad because of the culture and it's bad because the culture permits it. And But
2: I have to ask, like, I wonder whether you're seeing it through your 2019 culture goggles because in a way it's so interesting because it's like if if like old hollywood co- concentrated concentrated capital is always this is always patriarchy right so like mm-hmm. old hollywood which people are nostalgic for mm-hmm. is they're being nostalgic for patriarchy and a system controlled by men Mm-hmm. And so, if and 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 out of that system rose these sort of familiar representations of like the TV dad, right? Like Homer Simpson is a play on that, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he's an un, he's an antihero. Sure. He's yeah. a he's a subversion of like TV dad. Yeah, and Tony is as well. I mm. I believe, yeah. you know, not based on having seen it. No, but, but I think that's but, right. but so the question is, I, I feel like you saying that now is you coming at it and you're like you actually don't have that much affection for TV dad but that doesn't mean that the people that made the sopranos didn't have i mean yeah i mean we're,
1: we're we're in the sort of epistemological morass at this point and, mm-hmm. and and it's it's sort of impossible to know and it is entirely possible that that's what's going on on the other hand i would say well like if that's true then that's pretty impressive because i mm-hmm. also rewatched parts of breaking bad and i was like actually fuck this show this isn't mm-hmm. fun like this is this sucks mm-hmm. walter white sucks he's not a complicated character he's mm-hmm. not that deep he's not that there he's not That multivalent, like,
2: but actually, to be fair, like, I know, and again, now you know I'm faking it, I'm breaking that, but like, well, you watched eight episodes, yeah, no, but also, just in terms of the cultural conversation, like, no one ever said Walter White was complicated, no, all they ever said was he was a comic book guy who went from good to bad yeah you know I, like I, in a way he was the most single valent guy around because it was all about this yeah. transition from good to bad
1: physics and chemistry nerds will love the way we're just fleeing the word valent I don't around
2: know what, single <laughs> valent yeah. I just said well I well, the <laughs> thing I would
0: say about the Sopranos and I, I, is that like I think that what I experienced when I tried to rewatch it and this is now many years ago uh, after it had ended and I didn't make it to the end because I, I stopped caring, and part of it was because I was like, "No, this is actually wrong." I wasn't like this, but I think that looking back, I think this, which is that there are no other stories in the show other than the, the stories about Tony and how horrible he is, mm-hmm. and all of his horrible dude friends, and all the horrible shit that they get up to. It's not. It's a. It's a. It's a meta of appreciation of the genre that those stories come from, yes. and of the the gangster as the character and he's in therapy and isn't that so interesting but it's still a story of male violence inflicted on other males and lots of women lots of women um and it's ugly and Ooh. the ugliness doesn't it's I didn't I didn't find it cathartic you know whatever eight years ago when I tried to rewatch it and I don't think I would now it's not well,
2: that it's,
1: it's not it's not
2: cathartic but that's right. very interesting Gabe because I think that like. I always love to think about how any given piece of content is a response to its tradition, mm-hmm. right? Or like to its its lane, like that it has come in, right? And yeah. so clearly the Sopranos, part of what makes the Sopranos interesting to one prospective audience member is that it's a spin on mob movies, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 the intimate side of the Godfather or or whatever. It's the family day to day mundanity of yeah. of, you know, the whatever. And I don't have any relationship to that genre.
3: Mm-hmm. In fact,
2: the other other topic I was going to suggest would be The Godfather. And right. I decided to talk about, because I've never seen The Godfather. I've never seen any of those movies. So yeah. Like oh. I, I, the so the right,
1: the right see, answer is to say, I've only seen The Godfather 3. That's what you should really do. I've
2: actually seen Goodfellas. Uh-huh. uh-huh. For no reason. That's
1: they're, a great movie. That's the only reason you need.
2: Sure. Right. Okay. Uh, but like no, yeah, no, 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 I'm but, just not into mob stuff. Right.
0: But that's the thing. It's like right. The show the show exploding its own genre is only interesting right. if you are already obsessed with that genre.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Which tells but, you something about it. Well, but yourself. it's also
1: like, you know, it's it mu- interesting. It, it, you know, you know, you have to expect it at that point, right, that the genre had so proliferated the culture. That your average Mm -hmm. viewer could be expected to be familiar with the Mm -hmm. tropes. Sure. um, Mm -hmm. Such that, like, they wouldn't be going, like, what? What is a hit? Uh, Or, like, you know, (laughs) or or any of that stuff, right? You would know what the vernacular was. But
2: I might be willing to, like, posit that any hit TV show is going to be a innovative fresh response to a genre and perhaps like a new show retrospectively creates its own genre maybe Mm -hmm. that can happen you know but i i do think that like um i i think that that mediums are explored by artists you have to be in some ways like respectful of the conversation that you're entering into and you have to be aware of your history in some way and like so so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I'm thinking about The Wire and how, which is a show that I just loved. Obviously, that's a spin on police procedurals. Yeah. Now I didn't, I didn't ever care about police procedurals, but I loved The Wire. So i But not I think sure. that
0: they were just so ubiquitous that like you probably saw or like. Sort of like osmotically got. It's, it's also what a playing on was. on much
1: much older sort of like film noir tropes that yeah. are mm, buried a lot true. more structurally. Right, the sort of par- parallelism between like good guys and bad guys. Right, right? the yes. fact that like the same dirty shit goes on on either side of the line, and yes. it's only a matter of perspective where you that's are, et cetera, et cetera, point. et cetera. Yes. So like you know these are like kind of like deep structures that are there and familiar. Like you're like no one is going to watch The Wire no matter how familiar or unfamiliar you are with. The police procedural and go like wait a minute these cops are dirty right like what's
0: going right. on i'm shocked <laughs> yeah. i refuse to watch the rest of this yeah. show
1: oh what you're, you're i need to take a break all right you oh, want to take a break all right so sorry. we're gonna we're to gonna hate. pause real quick all right, uh, all right we'll smoke weed and talk about epstein okay, okay. well uh, we actually caught that on tape oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I woke up we had to take a, a, a medical timeout, out, um, but we're back. And now that we're back, um, so I'm the person with the most comprehensive uh, sopranos knowledge currently on mic right now. So what I've done is I've devised a little game for everyone, especially for Elena. If you're gonna have to keep doing this sort of faking thing, you might as well try to get a little bit better at it. Yeah. Don't you think? All right. So this what-
2: feels like Passover, by the way. My family like mm. plays games like this. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I
1: haven't been to a seder in so long, I- <laughs> and I had my first twinge of yearning last year, where I was like, I was like, oh, I'm I'm in my mid thirties now, now I'm feeling nostalgic for my Judaism. Yeah. Like. Flash forward, yeah. you know, up. like ten exactly. years from now, I'm going to have really strong opinions Are about the Israel. Are two of you
0: about to develop a
1: soprano sater? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Is that what's going to happen? Yes. Here? Jews I will start. And Italians
2: <laughs> have a lot in common. It's
1: true. I'm yeah. going to start working on the Hagada right now. Okay. Great. Um, okay. So what I've done here is I've written out. Um, some plot points that are from actual episodes. I'm so
2: excited because I'm going to base my answers to this not only on my total lack of knowledge, but on my just general awareness of TV writing uh-huh. and how the sausage gets made. Oh, so now and the, I'm going to just guess.
1: You've turned this back on me now. Now it's a judgment of my ability to mimic an actual.
0: Well, no, it's yeah. just
2: that like if you say what is this plot thing, I'm going to be like. My guess is mm-hmm. X. Okay,
0: yeah. so I'm in is the middle because I've watched most of the Sopranos. Okay, not the last season. I don't think. Oh,
1: so you actually might know this. Um, you you might be. We'll, better we'll do at this. it in or, uh, We'll do it. I think Elena should go first. All right. So we'll ask I'll we'll ask Elena for a yes it. or yeah. no. And then you for okay. Yeah, because you
3: might
2: know.
1: Okay. So, so 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 some of these are more extensive and some of these are, are little things. All right. So Elena, you're gonna go first. Okay. All right. Ralph Cifaretto buys a racehorse named Pio Mai, with whom Tony develops an affectionate bond. <laughs> After Tony begins claiming most of Pio Mai's winnings at the racetrack for himself, Ralph grows resentful. A fire at the stable causes the horse, horse's death, and suspecting that Ralph had set the fire himself, Tony confronts him. Ralph denies responsibility, but Tony kills him anyway. Is this a real thing that happens in The Soprano, or something made up? Real. Correct, correct, Elena. This is something that actually happens on The Sopranos. That's too good of a pitch to pass up. <laughs> in the I want like, like to hear your fake one. They yeah. the they're, they're coming. All right, Gabe. A smoldering attraction develops between Carmela and Furio, a gangster who comes over from Italy in order to aid Tony's New York, oper- er, sorry, New Jersey operation. Recognizing the folly of beginning an affair with the boss's wife, Furio flees the country rather than succumbing to his desires. Is it real? Did it really happen on The Sopranos, or is it made up? Yeah, it really happened. It really happened. It really did. It really did. Yeah. That's correct. He got away. He did. Wisely. He made it. Left town. Yeah. Good idea. Sounds a little
2: bit like a Real Housewives kind of thing. It had a Real Housewives vibe to it. (laughs)
1: Mario was,
0: yeah, sort of handsome. I
3: don't know. He he definitely had a thing going on, for sure. He looked good.
1: Okay, Elena. Better than Tony. During a bout of dementia, Tony's uncle, Corrado Jr. Soprano, commandeers Tony's boat, the Stugats, and attempts to pilot it to international waters, mistakenly believing it carries a stolen shipment of car parts he hopes to sell to quote the Turks. Is it real or is it made up?
2: Um, I'll say made up. That's
0: true, it is made up. I the, I was on the fence. I didn't well, it's the
1: kind ju- of thing he would have done. Junior he does ju- go, Junior Soprano does have dementia. He does and have he dementia. Does do some crazy shit. But he does not do that.
2: Well, and I'll tell and you that my logic was: a guy with dementia doesn't commandeer a boat mm. and drive mm. it somewhere that's with true. a plan.
1: That's true. That's true. That's again. Me. I'm just thinking Maybe like should. I'm just thinking know. like that's a writer good here. TV. On All
2: right.
1: Okay. Uh, Maybe in a fantasy sequence. <laughs> <laughs> the show has a lot of fantasy sequences. Oh,
2: I did know that, mm-hmm. but also Six Feet Under, which I also haven't seen.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> does too. Right. A lot of crossover. All right, Gabe. Christopher Maltesanti finds a work as a consultant on a mafia script for John Favreau, who plays himself. <laughs> Christopher blows his big chance by getting coked up, brandishing is his that weapon. John
2: Favreau from Pod Save America. God no. No. Okay. He was no. the other John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, cool. Chef. Uh, chef.
1: Chef. Chef. Right, thank you. For chef John Favreau. Uh,
0: uh, he's just a cook, guys. The other guy, the real the real talents of the chefs.
1: Christopher blows his big chance by getting coked up, brandishing his weapon at Favreau, and issuing veiled threats on his life. Is this a real Sopranos plot, or is it made up? I think so, yeah. It's real. Yeah. That's true. John Favreau appears that. as himself. Yeah. As does Janine Garofalo and a uh, number of other That's characters. That's
2: very strange. Yeah. I don't remember Garofalo. To appear as yourself Why is she in a there? She's in the movie
1: that Favreau is making. Oh, okay. Um, that Christopher shows up on the set of. Huh. Um, okay. So this is for you. Oh, By the know. way,
2: literally none of this is making me want to watch the show. Not
0: not Christopher wanting to be a screenwriter, it's so meta.
2: Oh my god. And he and he wants
1: to write gangster movies, but like differently. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Elena, an argument erupts between Carmela and Meadow over the validity of literary critic Leslie Fiedler's homoerotic interpretation <laughs> of Herman Melville's Billy Budd. Is that a real plot point, or is that made up?
2: That's a real plot point on my show, Dickinson, which deals with 19th century <laughs> well, literature. Well, you
1: have got an IP dispute going on, because it uh, is also a real plot
0: point no! on The Sopranos. Yes, no! it is. It happens.
2: Leslie Fiedler Me- is name-checked on is- The Sopranos? When well, Meadow yeah.
0: goes to college. Something's going to happen. It's true. We wow,
2: know, like- that's so
3: weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a lot of weird things I noticed on Second. Listen, this one guy who's in the show for like two episodes is sitting in his living room listening to Schoenberg and reading Nozick's uh, Utopia Anarchy in the State, which what? is such a deep cut. It is what crazy. What happens to that guy? He realizes that he's in like some sort of dispute with a mob boss and backs off. <gasps> oh. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay, Gabe. Yeah. While Carmella is on a trip to Paris with the kids, one of the strippers at the Bing gives Tony a hit of ecstasy. Rolling his balls off and listening to Frank Sinatra in his garage, he experiences intense feelings of empathy while thinking about a man he is supposed to have whacked. He calls off the hit, but the next morning, awaking hungover and depressed in an empty house, he changes his mind and kills the man himself. Is that a real plot point, or is that made up? It sounds pretty real, but I'm going to say it's not
2: real. I'm going to say it's real because the mid-aughts were all about ecstasy.
1: The mid-aughts were all about ecstasy, but it is made up. Damn. I, sorry, sorry. Damn. That is fictional. No okay, did Tony
2: ever cool. take ecstasy? No, he does oh. coke a couple times, oh. but yeah, he
1: never okay. takes it. Okay. More than all than right. a couple of times.
2: See, again, don't want to see. If you said ecstasy, <laughs> I was getting to to <laughs>
1: Elena. Yeah. Tony's longtime friend, Hesh Rebkin, becomes apoplectic <laughs> After learning that Polly Gattieri, one of Tony's lieutenants, is a Holocaust denier. Hesh prefers, pressures Tony to whack Polly, but he softens after Pauly agrees to watch Schindler's List. Moved by the film, Polly accepts the reality of the Holocaust and makes peace with Hesh.
2: If that's real, I'm offended. It's not real. I made that. Okay, up. good. It's <laughs> pretty good, though. I, I mean, the show,
0: it's like you're writing new seasons of the show. Yeah, you like,
1: really
2: are. Oh, there was a lot
1: of me thinking about stuff I wanted That's to happen. That's also a
0: little bit like Kerb your enthusiasm
1: yeah.
2: meets. I have seen all of Kerb your enthusiasm. That's a great
1: Um, You'll know this one probably, Gabe. Or maybe you won't, actually. Maybe, maybe I just gave it away. I just Wait. actually wanted to say this. Everyone knows this. On spotting Martin Scorsese entering a New York club, Christopher Maltesanti shouts, "Marty Kundun! I liked it." True. Yeah, it really happened. It's no, I really don't remember awesome. that, but that's
0: that's amazing. It's maybe
1: one of the funniest things that happens on the show. Kundun. Kundun. Yeah. I liked it. Okay. We only have a few more.
0: That goes to deepen Christopher's, like, you know, cinema bona fides mm. in a way that's, like... Yeah, it's, like and it's real, early.
1: I think it's the first episode. It's catnip. It
0: like, also
2: uh, is the meta commentary on the genre. Same. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Okay. Elena. A depressed AJ locks himself in his room and blasts Avril Levine's complicated On Repeat Carmella, Carmella implores Tony to do something to help their son, but he is too busy conducting delicate negotiations with Johnny Sack and the New York family to get involved. Finally, Carmela kicks in AJ's door, throws the stereo out the window, and then holds him as he sobs. Is that real or is that made up? Real. Made up. <laughs> That's good. are
3: good
2: at that. <laughs> Again... Every scene you say that's not real is one that I actually want to see, so I'd rather watch that version of Well,
1: it. I have been uh, hired to write...
2: <laughs> to rewrite uh, The r- Sopranos. Right,
1: to reboot <laughs> Dark Sopranos. You guys like it? <laughs> uh, final one, Gabe... During a cash pickup gone wrong, a bickering Christopher and Polly attack a Russian mobster and believe they've killed him. They put him in the trunk and drive him to the woods to bury him. But the mobster, a former member of the Russian special forces, is still alive. The Russian fights off Polly and Christopher and then escapes into the woods, never to be heard from again. True, real, yeah. One of the best episodes. Yeah, I Pine Barrens, yeah. yeah. Pine Barrens. Oh yes,
2: I've literally heard of that, and yeah. I've heard of that title of an episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 And that's it, guys. So I'll
2: be like, when people are like, what's your favorite Sopranos? I'll Pine be like, Barons. obviously Pine Barrens. Yeah. yeah. And also that know. ending. Yeah,
1: that, yeah. Right. Well, that's <laughs> not the ending, which is important to know. Hmm? He runs off in the middle of the episode. The rest, most of the episode is just Christopher and Polly not being able to find their car. In the Pine
3: Barrens. <laughs> in the Pine Barrens. Yeah. And, and
1: it's freezing out.
0: Yeah. They're in the
2: woods. <sighs> See, this all speaks City guys to like... like why why have time for so much made up story <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad pitch for a new like, tv show like <laughs> my favorite tv that i've seen in the past few years without a doubt was the oj content
1: oh my god yeah
3: both both oj the yeah. fx
2: you know dramatized mm-hmm. version and the espn documentary i loved them both yeah they were amazing i wanted there to become a new channel that would just be oj oj oj
3: yeah
2: and for me like i want to learn about something real Mm -hmm. i don't want to connect with imaginary people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Although I did watch all of Game of Thrones, but I never followed any of it. I watched all of you it. You watched the whole thing. I watched the entire thing, wow. and I never followed a beat I'm of like, it. I'm and like, wow. My <laughs> husband... Imagine my, watching all of Game of Thrones. My, my, a, my, an alien my husband would make fun of me um, because he would he would be like, you are a professional television writer who can't follow a plot because like I couldn't follow the plots of Game of Thrones, but I didn't care because... I was watching it for the snowy landscapes and the dragons and mm-hmm. the the babes and yeah. the swords. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was great, you know, and I, I just like I went into a zone, you know, but
0: I think you and a lot of other people.
2: Yeah. Oh, I shared that with a lot of yeah, people. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you not watch Game of Thrones? No,
0: I started none of it. No, I, no, that's not true. I watched the first five episodes and it's the kind of thing that I do like. I just couldn't keep with it. Someday, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know.
1: I watched all of it, and I can't say I followed any of it. Like, I don't remember.
2: And also, it doesn't matter. I
0: did start reading, like, recaps and stuff. That's the weird world that we're living in, where, like, Uh, I, I, like didn't watch the show, and yet there would be a big episode, Red Wedding. Right. Yeah, And I'd be like, well, what happened in the Red Wedding? Yeah, Everybody's talking about it. And then I read the synopsis. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, some
2: people in my writer's room were hilarious because Game of Thrones was ending when we were doing our writer's room for this past season. And and there were people who hadn't seen any of it, and they were so resentful of everyone talking about it, and they were so funny because they'd be like – Oh yeah, when Cersei got on that dragon and took her shirt off, and then like you know, and they just made up stuff, and it was so funny. And like, but I mean, I talk about Game of Thrones all the time. I realized, and I I would be like, "Oh my God, they're a total Daenerys." Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about, right? Sorry. Like, but um. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of conclusions we've reached at all, but I guess what I'm saying is that Game of Thrones didn't require any thought; it was just obviously dumb. It was dragons, and come on, well, you know, and 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 the Sopranos is supposed to be like intellectual in some way, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I want to bother or something.
0: Well, that's not. I mean, you're not. I I don't know. I I haven't seen your show because it hasn't come out yet.
2: Yeah, but it's half an hour.
0: Well, oh, really? Yeah, true. Revolutionary. Right. Um yeah. but also like it's
1: not the Sopranos. <laughs> no.
0: I'm guessing. No, but also it's like half an hour. Yeah, well, <laughs>
2: that's the
1: difference. Um Did you know that if you make a show that's an hour long, it's like the Sopranos. And if you make a show right. <laughs> half an hour long, it's not like the Sopranos. It's like friends. Um
2: Right.
0: No, but Which like
2: Gen Z is discovering as we speak. No, yeah, but it's I, very weird.
0: Yeah. That is weird, yeah dj seinfeld is like a dj you know that oh, oh my yeah. god that's yeah, yeah. awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird subgenre of house music anyways um what I, what I wanted to say was like that there's this we're in this weird moment right like where the like there is this thing with like game of thrones we can all talk about game of thrones we can make the jokes about game of thrones but it's over because we can like it's over but like we know enough i never want no but there will never hardly... be
2: another game of thrones
1: i don't know that that's true I you don't. You mean you don't? So, Alina, you're saying by that you mean you're, there's never going to be a show that's that popular, that's appointment viewing, yeah. that's
0: or or that
1: we can all make
0: a joke about right. not mm-hmm. having seen a, any of it.
2: I think it was felt widely that when Game of Thrones ended, actually, it's funny that we got here because in a way, what The Sopranos started is what ended with Game of Thrones. Yeah, mm. it was. It was the show that almost everyone who was kind of in the know. Had seen it, and everyone could talk about it, and you could fully expect that someone had seen it. Right. You can't expect a lot of people watched Dead watch Dead to Me. I didn't watch Dead to Me. It's on Netflix. Oh. A lot of people watched it. Okay. But oh like, yeah, with
0: the two women. Yeah. Uh, but Christina, like the point is, you don't
2: know. You know what I mean? Well, and like, and, I'm, and now and I'm trying to prove that I know
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And like Linda Cardellini and uh, you know, oh, Christina like Applegate her. are there. They both have lost their. No, I don't know.
2: I'm, I mean, I'm what is going to, out of my depth. what is, this going is an happen, interesting, but this is
0: an interesting idea. Like, right. Because we're seeing like this fall, we're seeing the explosion of these digital streaming services. Yeah.
2: There's 40 shows premiering this fall. No, just no,
0: on,
1: there's gotta be no. more than that. 40, I mean, I'm sure there are. 40, I 40
2: like, brand like, new that shows. And
0: then plus all the shows coming back. Right. On network, on cable, Well, there's on 500 digital.
2: shows.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, I mean, it's nuts. I yeah. think yeah, maybe you're right. We're at the inflection point where like, yeah. Everything well, is. Well, look,
1: we're, we're, we've we already. I, I think that anybody. I think everybody at some level understands that, like, the paradox of choice is a real thing. And more choice just makes the paradox of choice more immiserating. Right. And yet we don't have any way out of it because we've chosen to monetize through choice, through op, quote unquote options, through proliferation. There's no. You know, the thing that is like uh, kind of freaky then about the idea that there's no more Game of Thrones is it means that there is only more choice. And if there is yeah. only more choice, then then there's just more kind of like lukewarm feelings about things yes. in general. With the occasional spark of joy that you get from something that you can feel some sense of ownership over uh, for whatever reason. Well,
0: what I also kind of wonder... You know, because this is our podcast is like whether this is like now like a new era of faking it or if it's just like everyone's just going to give up and be like, no, I didn't see that. Well, because everyone knows you didn't see that probably.
1: Yeah, no, I think that I I think that's probably true in the same way that.
0: And then there's
2: also like a pervasive anxiety that everyone feels around it because it's like you can't catch up.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing with, like, The Sopranos. When The Sopranos was out, if you weren't watching The Sopranos, you felt, like, less than because people were talking about it. Did someone make you it. feel
1: less than, Game?
0: I'm sure that they did.
1: Well, I remember, like, when the because of the way that The Sopranos ended, because the last shot was just a cut to black in this very strange place, there were stories the next day about people calling their cable providers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, super angry because hmm. they thought their cable had gone out in yeah. the middle of... Hmm the thing right and there's you know something that can generate not just that phenomenon but a new story about that phenomenon right that's certainly the marker of something that it seems like we're probably not going to see under the current you know arrangement you know never mind mash etc 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 can't wait
0: until we have like a millennial like a true millennial on this podcast to talk about how none of this matters i'm technically a don't care uh, i mean like as well like i said a true millennial wow it's like a young person really like a teenager. not
1: cool the way that you're just labeling <laughs> me like that this has been a great episode
2: millennials uh, are also old now yeah it's true so it's true
1: millennials can have non-scandalous children
0: i just want to know yeah. whether faking it will end and whether they'll all be obsessed with this podcast because it'll be a thing that they cannot understand
1: don't worry uh our culture is founded on lies all of human civilization guys- is founded on lies we'll be fine
2: and are you gonna do a near next podcast on selling out
1: Oh god no oh, wow. I cut. Elena do you know how badly I want to sell out I know nothing about selling out
2: I would love to sell
0: out <laughs> I recently Please. thought I was selling
1: out And it didn't work out
0: how I expected so. <laughs> right. But maybe that will be what it will be uh, Elena thank you so much For thank coming thank you, Elena. on our podcast This was wonderful
1: This has been Faking It you. Thanks for listening guys
3: Bye-bye. Bye bye
1: This episode of Faking It was edited by Evan O'Neill and me, Mark Sussman. Don't forget to subscribe via Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, why not go ahead and rate and review us? Our guest, Elena Smith, is the creator of the strange, brilliant, hilarious show Dickinson, which you can stream on Apple TV. You can also find her on Twitter, at InternetElena. You can find the show on Twitter at FakingItPod. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Sussman. And finally, you can find Gabe on Twitter at JetsetHunta. That's J-U-N-T-A. Does your love for this podcast exceed 280 characters, though? Do you need more? Well, so do we. So shoot us an email at FakingItPod at gmail.com and let us know what you think. Okay. Cannot believe I finally made it through that read. That took forever. All right. Goodbye.